listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friend. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Beulah Girl podcast, and I'm Carol Whitaker, your host. We are currently in a mini-series on depression. I started last week by talking about two strategies for fighting depression, and I want to continue on this week by talking about three more strategies for combating depression. These are all taken from an article that I did for a series when I first started the blog. If you'd like to check out that article, you can jump on BeulahGirl.com and all of them will be listed there. It will actually be under last week's post because that is when I started. Next week, we will get back to our study on Ruth. If you've been following along with the podcast and are wondering when that's coming back, we will get back into our series entitled Hope when you're at the end of your rope, lessons on trust and surrender and healing from the book of Ruth. So we'll get back to that next week. But I really felt that depression, I wanted to talk about this, especially going into the holidays that surprisingly, I think I say surprisingly, because for some of us, we don't associate with depression with holidays, but many of us do struggle with depression during this time. So I wanted to take a quick break from Ruth and focus on that. So with that being said, let me just quickly summarize what we talked about last week. We talked about two strategies and that that was we talked about Thanksgiving and we talked about prayer. Thanksgiving does not seem like the advice you would give someone suffering from depression that they should give Thanksgiving. In fact, it it sounds maybe even insensitive to say, well, you should just give thanks, especially if they're going through a difficult circumstance that would not seem like they could give thanks in that circumstance. But it says in God's word to give thanks in all circumstances, not for the difficult circumstance, but give thanks in their circumstance. And God, I believe that he tells us that because he knows that Thanksgiving is that which puts a guard over our minds. That because depression is that which starts in the mind, it is an emotional state, but emotions follow thoughts. And so many of us listening, I know this is certainly the case for me, but I've had different bouts with depression during my life. And many of those bouts have been because of negative thinking that definitely I was allowing some negative thoughts to run away and I wasn't really even recognizing what havoc they were wreaking on my emotions and also just unresolved issues in relationships, not really knowing how to handle those. And so getting, you know, changing out my thinking has really been that which has helped. So when it says in God's word to give Thanksgiving, it definitely is helping us to focus on the positive and to help us not so much focus on the negative because often when we're experiencing depression, it may be due to negative thinking that you know, I always fail at this. I knew I would never succeed or, you know, we can have thoughts that really plunge us into despair. And so it's changing out our thinking that can really help to relieve our depression. The other thing that can very much be that which we should do when we're depressed and and it's going to lift us out of our depression is prayer. It says in the Bible to 
Pray in all circumstances. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So it says that anytime we're, we're worried about something or we're upset that we can turn to God in prayer. And with thanksgiving, it, it does say to, again, give thanksgiving with our requests, but we can lay out what is going on with us to God and he is going to, to help us in our situation and maybe even reveal to us if if our depression, if perhaps we have a, a, some negative thinking about a situation that he can help to uplift us with just a, a Bible verse that will bring a fresh sense of hope and a different perspective, or perhaps if it's an unresolved issue or conflict, some anger that we are holding on to in relationship, that he can bring that to mind. And that, you know, sometimes it's just laying our burdens out to God that can really help to just take the the load off of us and help us to feel lighter. So whatever the case, prayer is really going to help. And one of the things I mentioned last week was that God is is going to help us in a way that we can't receive from other people. That it's good to talk things over with a counselor. It's good to talk things over with others. It's good to do a lot of self-care types of things when we're, we're feeling down. But God can help us in a way that no one else can by looking in deep into us and saying, okay, this is the reason you're so down right now. Because a lot of times we don't really know. There are many times it's very obvious. Maybe if we have a relationship breakup or a loss of some kind, we can say, okay, that is the reason I feel so depressed right now. But there are other times that we begin to feel really down and we really don't know and we don't know how to pull ourselves out. And so turning to God, you can look at a lot of other resources that are out there on depression that are really good and provide a lot of helpful advice. But what they won't tell you if they're coming from a secular viewpoint is they won't tell you about prayer and what God can do in our lives. And so that's really something unique that as believers, we have that relationship with Jesus and can learn things about ourselves and can be helped in ways that are supernatural and go beyond the the help that is there in the world, even though there are some good ideas and strategies out there. So with that being said, I want to get into three new strategies to add on to the, the ones we talked about last week. The first one I want to talk about this week is know it's a season. A lot of times when we're feeling depressed that every day we're waking up and we're having a hard time getting up, we're feeling lethargic, we're bogged down by negative feelings, we don't feel like interacting with people. And we can begin to panic and think, wow, this is never going to end. I'm always going to feel like this. But the truth is that even though there can be quite a bit of time that passes before we start to feel like ourselves again, that knowing it's a season is, is definitely helpful in giving us the perspective that if we're praying, if we're expressing gratitude, if we're turning to God in our circumstance, we may not instantaneously feel the depression lift, we may, but if we're not feeling it lift right away, we can know that by continuing to do that, that it is going to lift, but it just may take some time and knowing that it's a season is very helpful. I included in my article, a link to an article, it's called going public with depression. And it's written by someone named Kat Kinsman. 
she talks about in an article her journey battling depression from the time she was 14 to how she feels about it now as an adult. And she says, now, 25 years later, I've lost too much time and too many people to feel any shame about the way my psyche is built. How from time to time, for no good reason, it drops a thick, dark jar over me to block out air and love and light. And it keeps me at arm's length from the people I love most. The pain and ferocity of the bouts have never ceased. But I've lived in my body long enough to know that while I'll never snap out of it, at some point, the glass will crack and I'll be free to walk about in the world again. It happens every time. And I've developed a few tricks to remind myself of that as best I can when I'm buried deepest. Honestly, I included this quote because I like how she describes what it feels like to be depressed, how it does feel like a thick, dark jar. And I think I do agree with the fact that many of us are, we're built in a way that we may be highly sensitive to events around us and things that happen in our life. And we may be more prone to depression than other people or more prone to negative thinking and, and, or more prone to just a sensitivity and, you know, there can't, I I believe there's some truth to it. I don't agree with everything she says. She does write from a secular point of view. She doesn't write from a Christian point of view. So if you click on the link, I am just warning you that her article does have some language and things that, um, because she's writing from that secular point of view. But I will say that I do see value in how she describes depression Her view is a little bleak in the sense that she doesn't have the same hope that we as Christians have, but she is able to find a positive outlook in the fact that she knows her depression won't last forever and that it is a season. So knowing that depression will pass and there will be a day when we wake up and no longer feel trapped helps us when we don't feel like talking about it, praying about, or keeping in touch with the outside world. I can remember, I have three children, but I've had two miscarriages. And with each of the miscarriages, I had a miscarriage my first pregnancy, and it was very early. I was probably six weeks pregnant or so. And then I had a miscarriage bet- um, between my my son and my last child, Ansley. And that one was actually at 11 weeks. But with both of those miscarriages, I experienced depression and grief that lasted for several months. And with my first miscarriage, it happened over the summer and I was a teacher. I went back to school and I I felt like a zombie, you know, just a zombie walking through the motions of life. I didn't feel, I just felt like I was just floating through every day that I was kind of not even in touch with what was really going on. I felt very detached. I felt very isolated and I felt very depressed. And it was a difficult time for several months. I felt that way. And I began to talk with some coworkers about what had happened and sharing. And I eventually started to feel better after, you know, sharing with others very much to help me in that situation. And then with the second miscarriage, same thing where my health was compromised and I suffered from just a loss of health after that particular one, it was a difficult situation. I had to have surgery at the hospital and I couldn't, I wasn't even well enough to leave my house for quite some time, um, except on a limited basis. And 
So there was a lot of time spent in my room and I was deeply grieved with just how it had happened. I was shocked by it. I was angry. I was just blindsided by the the health problems that came with it. And in that situation, I did feel like I was at the bottom of a black hole. Like I just couldn't climb out. And I just kept praying and crying out to God and I was angry. And he actually, in you know, every situation when I cry out to God is a little bit different. But in that one, he actually, one of my beef, beef, the, the beef I had with God during that time, I think, was just the fact that it had been, it had been, I guess, gruesome. It, the suffering, um, it wasn't pleasant. And within 11, you know, 11 weeks, they're, they're without going into a lot of detail, because I don't want to traumatize some of you listening, but it, it was, it was gruesome. And I was shocked by it. And I said, you know, God, how could you let this happen? And how I don't want to see a child like this. And I didn't want to see my body um, struggling like that and, and have that many health problems. And I felt that he must not care. And then he reminded me of the fact that his own son went through crucifixion and his body was mangled. And so in that way, God really encouraged me because I, I could think about the fact that he loved his son, but allowed it. And so I could think about the fact that even though I had gone through what had been horrible for my body, that he still loved me too. So that was something that very much helped me in that situation. Another way that we can cope with depression is to the second strategy I want to talk about is to keep moving. There is basically when we're feeling depressed, we don't feel like doing anything. We're not going to feel like socializing, going out. We're going to feel like staying in bed, maybe staying in pajamas all all day, not, not showering or doing makeup or exercising like we normally do. But when we are depressed, we need to keep moving. We need to keep going to church events, keep going out socially. And by doing that, by continuing to pray, continuing to wrestle through things with God and continuing to show up, we are going to lift the heaviness. Joyce Meyer says this in approval to addiction. When we are hurting, our natural tendency is to nurse our wounds. We may want to isolate ourselves and think about how pitifully we have been treated. I've discovered that when I'm hurting, the best thing I can do is keep moving. While I'm hurting, I just keep doing what I would be doing if I were not hurting. I go to work, I study, I pray, I go out and preach, I keep my commitments. I keep doing the good things God has given me to do, and I trust him to take care of the evil things. So particularly in this, you know, quote, she's more talking about not only hurting, but she's talking about if there are others that are hurting us in our lives that are maybe making us feel really down that we trust God to take care of them. If he has, you know, has not given us a specific action other than to simply pray about it, to trust him to take care of it, then we do the things that we know to do. And then we leave him the rest. The last strategy I want to talk about is to focus on others. When we are going through depression, it can be a time where we very much want to draw inward and 
not even socialize with other people. Again, we don't really feel like calling up a friend or going to a party that we just feel most likely like being ourselves, by ourselves. But by reaching out to others, we can really lift our own heaviness. I mentioned to you in the first point I went over that I had two miscarriages. And after the second one, again, there was some health challenges with that. And when I went to a follow-up appointment after my stay at the hospital and surgery, I had a follow-up appointment that was shortly after, I think it was a week later, and I was in a rough state. I'm just letting you know. I was not in a good place. My husband drove me to the appointment, but I didn't feel like seeing anybody. I felt terrible. I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I found out later that I'd been released when I really needed a blood transfusion. So my heart was pounding. I could feel my heartbeat in my head. I felt so weak. I just felt terrible. And I went to this appointment and I really was feeling sorry for myself. And the self-pity was just enormous, which again, I'd just gone through a really tough thing. But I went into the doctor's office and from the moment I stepped in, there was a ultrasound tech who was doing my post-surgery ultrasound. And we started talking and I felt led to share something with her from from God because she was sharing with me about a problem she was having and I felt like God gave me some words to share to her and then there was another woman in the waiting room that was pregnant um that um well maybe that was a different time I can't remember but there was a few people that I just felt led to to say some things to and again I was a little offended when I was sitting in that room because I felt like offended that God would give me a word for someone else. What I felt like somebody should be ministering to me. That's how down I was. I felt like I need the nurse that's kindly that maybe is a Christian that says, Hey, you look really down. Can I pray for you? But that didn't happen. But the surprising thing was when I just reached out and helped someone else, even though I felt terrible, that I actually felt better. And I was able to just kind of take some of the focus off myself and it really helped to lift the heaviness that I was feeling. So I'm not saying, I do want to just clarify and say that I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. Don't process through your emotions. Don't take some time, especially if you've gone through a loss, like I just described a miscarriage. We can at times try to just ignore and and pretend away what we're feeling. And we need to really take some time. There, there were I'm just letting you know, there were a few months where because of health issues, I did not leave my house much. So I'm not saying don't take care of yourself, but I am saying that when we choose to reach out and focus on others, that it does something in us and helps to lessen our own hurt. To wrap up, I just want to read to you from an article. It's from helpguide.org, which has a lot of helpful mental health resources. Again, these are not, this isn't a Christian website, but I wanted to read to you something because I think that it just adequately kind of sums up what I want to say as I'm closing. All of these strategies that I've given you, there are many more that are helpful as well. If you just do a quick search online, you can find some other great things to do when you're depressed. One that's mentioned frequently is exercise. We can exercise and that helps a lot. Just uplift our mood. We can reach out to someone else and talk to them. We can engage in activities that 
we love. Those are some that I've seen before, um, getting adequate sleep and nutrition. So there are a lot of other things that we can do as well. However, some of these things that I've mentioned may seem, as this article emphasizes really well, it may seem counterintuitive. It may seem like, okay, we're depressed. We don't feel like doing anything. But in fact, doing what we really don't feel like doing when we're depressed is that which is going to help us to feel better. I want to just read to you a section of this article. It says this, why is dealing with depression so difficult? Depression drains your energy, hope, and drive, making it difficult to take the steps that will help you to feel better. Sometimes just thinking about the things you should do to feel better, like exercising or spending time with friends can seem exhausting or impossible to put into action. It's the catch 22 of depression recovery. The things that help the most are the things that are the most difficult to do. There is a big difference, however, between something that's difficult and something that's impossible. While recovering from depression isn't quick or easy, you do have more control than you realize, even if your depression is severe and stubbornly persistent. The key is to start small and build from there. You may not have much energy, but by drawing on all your reserves, you should have enough to take a walk around the block or pick up the phone to call a loved one. For example, taking the first step is always the hardest, but going for a walk or getting up and dancing to your favorite music, for example, is something you can do right now. And it could substantially boost your mood and energy for several hours, long enough to put a second recovery step into action, such as preparing a mood boosting meal or arranging to meet an old friend. And then it just goes on to talk about if you, what they, they, say, you know, a few tips they have for dealing with depression. I mentioned this because again, you're going to be maybe listening to this and thinking, I don't think any of this will help, or I don't feel like doing any of these things. How is this going to help me? But again, sometimes doing those things that we wouldn't really expect to help are going to be the things that are helping us the most. And I've found this to be true, not only in dealing with depression, but often the things we do that we do not feel like doing are those that help us the most. And God will often direct us in those ways that the things that help us grow the most and stretch us the most are the things that we never feel like doing. And those are the things that really help us. So in reading, even reading what I just did, I mean, this can be applied to more than just depression, but my hope is that as you're listening, if you are somebody who is at the moment experiencing depression, that you will perhaps pray about your situation, keep a gratitude list, Try out some of these strategies I've mentioned. Keep working on it and see what God tells you in the process and know that your depression is not going to last forever and it will lift. If if you are going through and trying some of these things and you're just not getting any better, it you know, reach out to somebody, talk to somebody, tell them how you're feeling. Of course, if you're getting to the point where your thoughts are turning suicidal and so forth, there are suicide hotlines. 1-800-273-TALK is one. There are other ones that you can Google. Definitely reach out to somebody or if you have a pastor you can talk to or a counselor or trusted friend. Let people in your life know you're struggling and don't don't try to just power through it alone if you're trying these things and and for quite some time and things are just getting worse. So let's just pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the wonderful gift of our minds, of our bodies, that you created them to be so intricate and so amazing. But Lord, we we live in a fallen world and we have difficult circumstances that we walk through and we can have seasons where we are sad, 
we are down and we don't feel like doing anything in those particular times. Maybe it's right now, Lord, I just pray that we would always turn to you and Lord, that we would have the strength not to just sink down into despair and, and pity of, you know, self pity and negative thinking, but Lord, that we would use these tools. We would seek out answers within your word. We would seek you in prayer. We would try to process through what we're going through in order to really pull out of the season we're in Lord. And even if there seems to be no end in sight, help us to just to trust you, to keep talking with you, talking with others so that we can make positive steps in the direction of finding relief in, in um, our time of depression. Thank you so much, Lord, for resources that are out there, um, for your word, for your presence, your help, your strength, which helps us in our darkest times. In Jesus' name, amen.